You're listening to Let's go. the Second Opinion Podcast. Second Opinion on what? I think we should get a second opinion. Where all things gaming are on our mind all the time. That's all I can think about. Just like the name says, we might have some different opinions. So get yelling, laughing, crying, and of course some very opinionated gamers. Here are your hosts, Celeb, Bolt, and TJ. God, it is so freaking cold right now. I'm back here in my office. It is freezing, and I really don't know what to do at all. Uh, today is a solo cast. Uh, my boy Bolts is stuck uh, helping his mom do some stuff, and um, <clears throat> I had to get the podcast out there for you guys. It is a couple of days past when we usually get the podcast posted, but I'm going to tell you guys, here in Texas, things have been crazy. Uh, I feel so bad for all the people in Dallas with everything that happened in that horrible wreck on I-45, but it's wild. I'm sorry for the clearing of my throat so much, but it's crazy. Um... Just over the last week, uh, things have really changed here in Texas, and we're getting uh, winter storm warnings like left and right. Uh, right now, it's like 27 degrees outside. Um, in the next two, three days, it's supposed to be even colder. Tomorrow, it's like a high of 30, a low of 11. And Monday, it's a high of 20 with a low of 5 degrees. Um And then I think later in the week, it's supposed to get a little bit warmer, maybe around Saturday, but like Wednesday and Thursday, it's supposed to be like a low anywhere between 13 and 20 degrees. So it's really cold and we're not always used to it. I'm a bigger guy, so I'm not really like, it doesn't affect me as much as it does everybody else, but um, we got to be careful. We got to be safe. Um, and shout outs to TJ. TJ said that, you know, the other day he was driving on the road and just this entire giant truck just drifted across the road. So, um, it is episode 319 of the second opinion podcast. It is your boy celeb back again for another episode. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's been some time since I've done a solo cast, but today we got some, uh, great gaming news topics to talk about um, and some opinions to share about a few things Um, but first off we're going to start out like we always do what have we been drinking and what have we been gaming no drinking for me life has been crazy work has been nuts Um, we've been uh, exhausting ourselves um, at work Um, but gaming wise I've been playing a good chunk of games uh, beat spider-man miles morales Great game, great experience with the game. Um, uh, the the end scene brought me to tears. I am just floored by what Miles Morales had to offer. Um, I honestly held off from getting the game at first because I had just got done like pretty much like completing as much as I could of the original Marvel uh, Spider-Man game for. PS4, and when when it was announced, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna wait. Um, 
you know, maybe kind of focus on other games and then jump into it. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm very glad I did it because I didn't have to rush out and do anything here and there. I didn't look at any spoilers. Um, and I, I'm just floored by the game, man. It's an emotional journey. It's fantastic. Um, graphically, it's unbelievable on PS5. Um, and it's just a great game if you haven't had a chance to play it i would say sit down buy it on ps5 play it on ps5 it's freaking wonderful um the suit unlocks and stuff like that the side mission side quest <clears throat> even after you beat the game the ability of going back and playing through the game on either New Game Plus mode or just continuing where you left off and finishing all the side missions. You you even get some of these really cool little um, uh, missions as well um, that connect to the main story. Um, and it's almost like your journey doesn't end. So that's what's really cool about Spider-Man Miles Morales is that even though I did complete the main mission, I'm still having a lot of fun playing the game, doing the side missions, you know you you get noteworthy stuff you know letting you know that you've done a good job and that you've completed the tasks and all this other stuff so it's like spider-man lives on it doesn't just feel like something that you're just trying to continue to get the rest of the achievements it's actually something that feels gratifying it feels um fulfilling uh and it feels very realistic which is wild um so definitely make sure to play that i've been playing call of duty uh firebase z as well uh well call of duty black ops cold war firebase z the new zombie pack um it's great um it's very fast paced i love the map layout it's um it's much wilder than the previous um, zombie DLC or zombie map. Um, and I've just really had a lot of fun playing it. Um, Jesus, a friend of mine and co-worker, is constantly uh, pretty much on my case. is like, bro, we got to get in a game so we can do the Easter egg. So um, I've been trying to get in and strategize as much as I possibly can the times that we aren't able to play together. Um, the other night I had a, a really close match of like getting really far in the Easter egg. And um, let's just say I joined up with people online that were doing really great and then just out of nowhere uh, half the team left. It was me and one other guy and it just fell to to a bottomless pit of of disappointment is the best way i can say it really getting into the game really thinking we were going to get the easter egg um and then just like you know at the end of at the end of the night i'm pretty sure it was two o'clock in the morning um we got nothing so i was i was pretty upset but um also been playing um fire team um fire team um dirty bomb fire team dirty bomb uh on call of duty really fun um i definitely think it's something that everyone should try out if you don't want to have both versions of call of duty like call of duty warzone and call of duty black ops cold war downloaded on your system and you just still want to play some type of um some type of big player match game definitely check out um, Fire Team Dirty Bomb. It is a great mode. The the newest map, Sanctatorium, is out, and it's really really fun. I'm not gonna lie, I troll a lot of people in that game with the with the boats uh, that are available. 
There's a lot of times I just drop right into that map, fly right over to the boat, and I just get on the turret, and I'm just, you know, waylaying on people. So, um, that that is my goal in Sanctatorium, is to get to the boats as quick as possible. If I'm not in Sanctatorium and I'm in the other maps, um, which, of course, they, they, they don't register the name of the maps, don't register on my head right now, I usually run around the edge of the maps as much as I can and gather as many of the uh, uranium boxes as I possibly can um, and get as many points as I can by getting the kill streaks that are available in it. Um, but I've uh, been playing that. Uh, also been going back through Killzone Shadowfall on PS5 with PlayStation Now. Uh, was able to download it. Uh, playing back through it. The game looks stupendous, man. Oh, my God. You know, and it's something that is noteworthy, of course. We all know that the, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are going to make all these classic games um, look and play so much better than what they previously did. But it's still just um, it's still just crazy to me that uh, Killzone Shadowfall looks as good as it does on the PS5 uh, after all the years it's been out. I mean, it's been out for eight years now. Uh, well, seven to eight years now. And playing it on PS5, it really feels like um, it feels somewhat like a new game. Um, now there are, there are things about the game that you make you do realize that the game is older. Some of the gameplay, um, perspectives of, you know, walking up to a door, pushing circle and kind of having to see like a, a very, like one second cutscene of him pushing the door open or some of the gameplay at times can be sluggish. Um, you know, but it's still just a beautiful game. And I can remember playing the game on my PS4 and just being awestruck. Um, it was uh, a really good game that I feel didn't really get the love that it necessarily needed. Um, it, it, I wouldn't say it was the best kill zone. Uh, I still think the best kill zone in the series was kill zone two. Um, but I know the average, um, I know the average rating was kind of mediocre. Um, I would probably say if I rated it on the Cinelinks scale, it got like a 3.5 out of five for most people. Um, and Though some of the things were justified about it for the time that it came out and the mechanics that it had um, and the style of game that it was for when it came out, I, I, I do feel that it, it was kind of um, um, not given the glory it probably should have been given. Um, but I've been playing through that. Just downloaded Ratchet and Clank again as well. I'm going to play through that again. I would love to see a PS5 update for the game to give it a 60 frames per second gameplay uh, availability. Um, but at this point in time, I really don't see that happening. Um, also, been playing Sackboy A Big Adventure with the wife. And let me tell you something. Sackboy Big Adventure is a fantastic game fantastic game uh the music the gameplay 
it's just everything, dude. Like I'm I'm shocked. Like all these games, um, all these games that came out uh, were just really really good games. And 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 it's not more or less the fact um, that it's not more or less the fact that. I didn't want to get these games day one. It was the fact that I just wasn't going to get these games day one. Um, and I got to give a big shout out to um, an acquaintance of mine, uh, Winifred Phillips, um, who is, I don't know if she is the lead composer, but she composed music for Sackboy Big Adventure. Um, and... The game is great. The music is wonderful. Uh, I'm looking up one of her posts right now, and she said that um, uh, such good news to share. One of my compositions for Sackboy Big Adventure just won a Global Music Award. So excited that my Waltz of the Bubbles from Sackboy Big Adventure was recognized with an award. Plus, this morning I found out that the music from Sackboy Big Adventure just got um, nominated uh, for a National Academy of Video Game Award. Um, and... She was part of the music composition team. So big shout out to Winifred um, and shout out to the entirety um, of Sumo Digital. Um, it, it, it's a great game. Um, it, it really is. It is. Uh, it's wild because I remember when they first announced Sackboy Big Adventure and it was going to be more of like a platformer instead of the original style of like Little Big Planet. Um, though I was excited, I was kind of like, oh man, like I, I, cause I'm, I'm a, I was a huge fan of Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet one, I can't tell you how much money I spent on that game with all the, um, costume packs, cosmetic packs, sticker packs. I swear anytime there was a new one that, that came out, I purchased it day one. I was the same way with that game that I was with like PlayStation home. If they came out with new stuff, I just bought it. Um, because I really was like enthralled with those games at the time, but playing it solo and playing it co-op is such a, um, wonderful and just fun loving experience. Um, everything about the game breathes not only next generation, but breathes fun and uh, love and caring aspects. You can tell by playing the game how much PlayStation, Sumo Digital, and even Media Molecule just love every aspect of this. You know, I'm sure Media Molecule had their hands in this cookie jar, and Sumo Digital just did such an, an amazing job at this game. Now, I haven't beat the game yet. Me and Dara are playing it together. Um, and we've had so much fun with it. You know, there's a lot of times that we're, you know, throwing ourselves and punching each other, you know, playing the game with co-op. And then at the end of the game, you have the ability of, you know, taking pictures of who, who had the most scores and us trying to run in front of the camera first to see who's going to get their face in the picture, even if you didn't win. Um, and it's just a great game, man. If, if you haven't had a chance to play it, I'm telling you. Do not pass up Sackboy Big Adventure because um, it is a really, really, really great game. Um, so, as I said, we're going to be talking about a little chunk of news 
today just to kind of share our thoughts on some stuff and uh, kind of get the word out for other people that do listen to the podcast. Um, give our opinions on a few things, I guess is what I can say. Um, but speaking of Sackboy Big Adventure, um, Ariana Grande has praised Sackboy Big Adventure. Uh, Ariana Grande shared her thoughts on the game during a Twitter Q&A session um, about some of her lyrics in a song. Uh, now, one of her Twitter followers says, which video games were you referring to in the line, what you going to do when I'm bored and want to play video games at 2 a.m.? And she said at the time of writing it, she was talking about like Mario, Mario Kart. But she said if she were to actually release a song now, she would have been talking about Sackboy Big Adventure and how... Um, amazing the game is. Um, but they, she said that they sat down, I guess her and her significant other had sat down and played the game a lot and really, really loved it. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not just saying this like, uh, you know, Ariana Grande said that the game's great. Um, I don't know if you want to just use her as a reference point or whatever, but the game is really, really good. Um, it's, it's unbelievably good. Um, it has a, it has a wide variety of playability, um, not just in the aspect of co-op, but like if you're a parent and you want to play, sit down and play a game with your kids, Sackboy Big Adventure is the perfect game to do so. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit down and play it with Amara, but it is definitely something that I want to do. Um, she's four years old now going on five and her... Um, you know, concept of just like the world is slowly but surely changing. You know, as a dad, it's sad to see, but at the same time, it's exciting because she's starting to understand things better and, and comprehend things better. So especially when it comes down to video games, when she sees me plays video games, there's a lot of times that if it's something that is appropriate for her, I'll let her sit with me um, and watch me play the games. Like Spider-Man, she'll just sit me uh, sit next to me in my chair and watch me play Spider-Man and tell me where to go and tell me what to do. So I want to sit down and play a game like this with her because it is very fun and loving. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something wonderful to see a child's reaction when you play this type of game with them uh, or, or watching them react to certain things, you know, even watching my son Dante earlier when we were watching this anime in there, you know, they were acting all crazy. Um, and there was a really funny scene in the anime to where the main character was kind of jumping up and down and angry. And he was holding my hand while we were watching it. And he's just, I'm watching him watch the show and he's just has this, you know, light in his eye, like fun and love. And he's just giggling and laughing and stuff like that. So, you know, this type of game engages people to just kind of forget about all the stress and craziness in the world that's going on right now. And just focus into something that is just, um, full of light and full of caring. So I definitely think you should check this game out, not just because Ariana Grande said so, but cause it's just a fun, fun game. Um, now speaking of fun games, um, speaking on a more dark note, um, (laughs) 
Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, I have said it since the game released. I did a review of it, and a lot. Of, I had a couple of friends tell me there's a lot of times that I give some of these games too high scores, or I'm not you know critical enough. Uh, and it's not just you, Matt, if you're listening to this. Matt is our editor over at Cineleaks, and there's a lot of times he's like, man, I want you to really be a little bit more critical because there's, there's times that I kind of, you know, jump into these games and play it, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the best game I've ever played. You know, that's like my – I basically should get a shirt made that says it's the best game I've ever played because that's what I always go to. Um, but there's a lot of times that I feel that it is justified with some of the games that I play that like it is, for instance, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It is the best Assassin's Creed game that I have played in the series. One of the most enjoyable. Um, I feel the same exact way about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It's one of the most enjoyable Call of Duty experiences that I've had in a really long time. Uh, even though Modern Warfare was a good game and I did enjoy it, um, looking back and comparing both of the games, I feel that I've had a lot more fun with Black Ops Cold War than what I did with Modern Warfare. Even though I feel Modern Warfare was a great game, I'm having a lot more fun with this one. Um, and obviously, people around the world are having more fun with it as well. And only three months on the market, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War has risen to the top 20 best selling games of all time in the u.s market um which is just a huge accolade for activision says the stat that made my jaw drop and this was done by um uh this was done by a twitter user um i can't exactly matt matt Pesatella. Um, he states right here, quick take on January 2021, big start for video games, HW content, ACC, all up big. New gen consoles, um, headsets, gamepads, and all types of content are up, digital and physical, despite no new releases making the top 10. February should be strong as well, and then getting into the t- a tougher competitions i guess and then he states right here the stats that made my jaw drop this month was seeing call of duty black ops cold war make it to the top 20 best-selling games in u.s history absolutely incredible well that is certainly an impressive feat to be featured in the best selling uh, best of all time list the method of tracking used by the npd gr- uh, group is questionable the data collected group uh, sales uh collects it says the data collection group tracks sales not by units but uh but by the dollar amount um i guess that is questionable at times but at the same time man, you got to look at the dollars man Uh, at the end of the day it's all about it's all about how much money the company is making so if you base it on the amount of money that call of duty black ops cold war has made activision um or just the games industry as a whole compared to the previous call of duty it's obviously doing better numbers than the previous one so when when it really cuts down to brass taxes, man, it's all about the green. You know what what is really really selling, um, and and I have to say, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War has um, when it launched, it was very bare bones uh, compared to Modern Warfare. Uh, Modern Warfare had a better shop, uh, the gunsmith was better, um, and better content, of course. But you know, it, it it was a launch product. You know, but now it is very um 
a very well wrapped up into its own um, content. And I guess is the best way of saying it. It's wrapped up in, in into its own little world um, in, in the best way possible. It has some of the best content I think I've played in Call of Duty in a really long time. Um, it, they just launched League Play as well. I played some League Play, did fairly well in it. Um, and then you got to think about, you know, Fireteam Dirty Bomb. You have to think about, you know, they have Prop Hunt featured constantly. Um, they have Combined Arms Domination Assault. And um, uh, Combined Arms is, is great in general. It's larger maps, more spread out. It's not as, as uh, spastic and crazy as just regular team deathmatch. You don't just turn every five seconds and see one, see someone. Um, but... Um, you got to also attest to zombies. It's one of the best zombie modes that I think I've played since Black Ops 2 or Black Ops. I wouldn't say Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3 had a good zombie mode, uh, but I feel Black Ops 2 zombies was one of the best. Um, but Black Ops Cold War zombies is it just feels more well-rounded when it comes down to players playing the game and accessibility being able to jump right into the game and have whatever loadout you want to being able to um seem seemingly being able to complete easter eggs and stuff like that a little bit easier than what you were in previous uh call of duties as well um and, and also just having the 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 accessibility of being able to play the game in in solo mode and private um uh being able to play the game cross platform as well is just uh it's just great it's just great i know you could do cross platform in modern warfare but cross platform play um to an extent is good if they can get a little bit more control on the pc craziness of the cheaters and stuff like that i think that this um that it could be very um a very good experience um with that being said moving on to the next topic and as i said you know at the beginning this is a solo cast so i, I can't say it's going to be as long as it usually is but i do i do have things that i have to talk about and I don't know what to really say about this at all. I don't know if this is true, um, but this leaker is um, hinting around to it. YouTuber Jeremy ACG claimed that uh, on Defining Duke podcast that Microsoft is seeking to purchase a 2021 video game uh, exclusive. In the process of doing so, Microsoft would also acquire the developer and publisher. However... Uh, ACG did not outright say this company's name specifically. The additional details come instead of a second insider slash leaker who goes by the name of um, Ed on Twitter. Cyphless <laughs> uh, Ed or something like that. Um, says, after digging around, they found out that ACG is supposedly talking about Techland. The video game ACG refers to is also Dying Light 2. He does not make the claim, uh, this claim with certainty, 
um, it must be made clear. He states right here on this Twitter post, so the studio and game ACG was referring to, uh, I did some digging and asked around. I'm fairly certain he's talking about Techland and Dying Light 2. The rumor in summary is that Microsoft is in the pursuit of or has already made a deal to acquire Techland and perhaps a console exclusive deal with Dying Light 2 in the process. The leaks do not make it clear whether Microsoft is still pursuing the deal or if the deal has already been made. Finally, these leaks offer no source or compelling evidence of their leaks. ACG, uh, per ACG's prediction may uh, have a mixed tracks or a track record, but uh, Ed has made several accurate leaks in the past. Perhaps... Uh, not coincidentally, there are other rumors that could be tied to this acquisition as well, if they are accurate. For example, in January, Techland mentioned the Dying Light 2 news would be coming soon. Uh, for other rumors, uh, and uh, another rumor says that there is a yet-to-be-announced um, Xbox event in mid-February. Um, so, let me state this. <clears throat> It's the best way I can say it. Dying Light 2 is going to come out in 2021. Um, I'm very excited for Dying Light 2. Extremely excited for Dying Light 2. Um, would I be sad to see Dying Light 2 as an exclusive on Xbox? I would be sad to see it as an exclusive on the Xbox console. And I think the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm just really feeling my PlayStation 5 right now. Um, I have it locked in my head that when Microsoft does make the announcement that certain Bethesda titles are exclusive on those consoles um, or on the Xbox console, then I will purchase an Xbox. Um, but Dying Light 2 is Dying Light 2. Dying Light 2 is going to be, in my personal opinion, one of the best first-person experiences to be released. Um, if it goes with anything that we saw at E3 2019, goes along with anything that we saw at E3 2019, it is going to be a must-have for any first-person fanboy out there. Especially somebody that is like a zombie fanboy. So... I have to say that I'm not going to be extremely excited to see Dying Light 2 as an exclusive on Xbox because that would mean that I would need to save up money and buy an Xbox to play it on launch. Um, that's the hard truth, honestly. That's the best way of saying it. That's really the hard truth about it. Because Dying Light 2 is going is, is Techland's baby. And what's great about Dying Light 2, like me and Bolts have said on previous podcasts, it's one of those games that's that we know is going to be so great. So when Techland has announced, you know, a couple of times now that, that the game is being, you know, put on hold indefinitely. And, um, you know, the game is still in, in, in the works, but it's just being put on hold at this time and blah, 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 whatever. Um I have to say that I would be really depressed if it came exclusive to Xbox because that would mean I'd have to go get an Xbox like when the game came out or try to at least with everything going on. 
um, as as said in the post, this is a rumor. This is not official. Um, there's not extreme amount of credibility around here outside of one leaker that has previously said certain things that have come to fruition. So I just got to say, man, I don't know, dude. I like I'm all about exclusives. I'm all about exclusives. I just want. <sighs> I think Boltz has said this too, and I think Boltz would agree with me on this. I want more exclusives from first party studios. I know that acquisitions, of course, turn those third party studios into first party studios. I understand that completely. But I would like to see original IPs from Microsoft, new ideas, new games that are by the studios that they've already purchased. To, to me, it's almost like Microsoft is buying these companies up to, to just say they have them. I don't know, bro. It's weird. Like, that's no shots at Microsoft. That's no shots at Microsoft. But, like... Microsoft and Bethesda are one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like Microsoft and Bethesda have worked together for many years and done a done a great job of working together. When it, especially when it comes down to um, launching games exclusively on their consoles or timed exclusives, Microsoft has always had that open door with Bethesda, trying to make their games work better and play better on Xbox. And that's cool, man. It really is. Um, but. I don't know, man. I just really want to see new, new, new Microsoft IPs, like from Microsoft Studios. Um, and maybe that's just not how their business plan is going to work out. That's the best way I can say it. And that's, um, I, I give the utmost respect to Microsoft for doing what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're buying studios and they're making acquisitions that they need to make to sell consoles. So it's very smart. It's not like it's a dumb decision. Um, as, a, as someone that just really loves this PS5, though, I sure would love to play Dying Light 2 with haptic feedback um, and adaptive triggers and 3D audio and all that other stuff. But if they end up buying Techland, then... It is what it is, and there ain't nothing that I can do about it at all. So, blah. Um, <clears throat> next up is another game news topic about a game that I've always loved for such a long time. Um, but I hate the news at the same time. <laughs> I, I really do. Um, Capcom has announced that Ghost and Goblins Resurrection will feature adjustable difficulty levels. In the two-minute video posted on Capcom's U.S. official YouTube page, Pete Fabano, uh, the producer of Ghost and Goblins Resurrection, went in-depth on a new feature that the devs are putting into the game. For the reboot, Capcom has decided to make the difficulty levels adjustable, providing the players a chance to enjoy the platformer, uh, the platformer gameplay no matter what their skill level is. Uh, Fabano shares that this was done to recreate the sense of achievement felt when the players get farther into the story until they finally are able to reach the game's ending. Hmm. No disrespect, Capcom. Um, 
ghosts and goblins and super ghouls and ghosts and all that other stuff. For real. And I, I really do mean this. One of my favorite series of all time. Um, you know, I used a lot of ghosts and goblins back in the day um, as reference um, with Arthur. Uh, whenever I first really kind of started coming up uh, through social media, doing stuff in the games industry or whatever. My icon was always Arthur. Um, and Arthur is OG. Like me and my brother played Super Ghouls and Ghosts on Super Nintendo so much whenever we were younger, and we never beat the game, ever. But the times that we did get further in the game, that was our sense of achievement. Um, so... I don't think it's fair that there is an adjustable difficulty level at all. But you could play the game on Squire Knight and let's see, what's this other one? Squire Knight and Legend. Because I'm pretty sure Super Ghouls and Ghosts, it was Legend all the time, bro. Like, that was a hard ass game. But, le but let me tell you something. When we did finally just focus. And get to those next levels on games. It was very, very satisfying. So, um, I'll probably play this game. Um, we have a, a, a Switch Lite. And I would love to play this game. Um, and I'll probably play it on baby mode. Um, <laughs> just so I can see what's up. But, I just have to say, we didn't have these... You know, we didn't have difficulty levels whenever we were younger. Like, uh, you played a game on Super Nintendo, you either did good or you did bad. Plain and simple. And there was just so many times playing games like Firepower 2000, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Brothers. We didn't have the ability of changing the difficulty. So, I think it's a little unfair, to be honest, Capcom. So, what's up? Huh? You're trying to make it easy for people now, but you didn't want to make it easy for us then? What's going on here? <laughs> now, in all honesty, um, I got to say that it's exciting to see Super Ghouls and Ghosts come back. Arthur is one of my favorite characters um, in video game history. And I am very excited to play the game, of course, and possibly finally be able to beat it. Um, so that is a really big deal, I guess. Um, now, moving on from games in video game history that have made an impact on the games industry, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has finally had its release date revealed. Insomniac Games released a new trailer for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart that confirms its release date and shows off some of the new gameplay. So Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is coming June 11th, exclusive on PlayStation 5. Uh, and this game is just going to be great, in all honesty. That's the best way of saying it. It is going to be a fantastic experience. It's one of the first games actually to show off um, next-gen gameplay. Uh, so it was one of the first games to show off next gen gameplay. And I gotta say, 
it is looking to be one of Insomniac Games' most beautiful and fun games in a really long time. Now, they did do the relaunch of Ratchet and Clank that came along with the movie back on PS4, but Rift Apart um, is not just going to be one of those games that's like a, a continuation. It's going to be a standalone aspect um, of the Ratchet & Clank game series, I feel. Now, the Digital Deluxe Edition has been announced as well. And the Digital Deluxe Edition comes with uh, the full game, five armor sets, um, 20 uh, rare taniums, um, a photo mode sticker pack, digital soundtrack, and digital art book, as well as um, a Carbonox armor set and a Pixelizer weapon, which when you shoot it, as you most know by playing Ratchet & Clank games, it will turn your, your enemies into basically pixelized characters. So I am very excited for this game. Uh, they showed off the image of this new armor set and the pixelizer and stuff like that. It just looks really cool, man. It looks really, really cool. Um, that's the reason why I actually downloaded Ratchet and Clank again. I think it was 2017 when Ratchet and Clank uh, came to the PS4. Um, but it is a such a fun series it's such a fun series um now the ratchet and clank game that came out in um it was in 2016 um the ratchet and clank game that came out in 2016 was somewhat of a, like a relaunch of i guess the original game um and it, it's very fun uh even playing the game in 30 frames per second on ps5 it's still just such a beautiful game um and that's the thing that it's kind of hard to kind of look back on some of these games and realize like you know some of the games that we did play in in you know 2013 to 2016 i feel technologically were ahead of their time when it comes down to just visuals um because ratchet and clank looks unbelievably great on ps5 um of course the processing power and stuff is better uh but it's just wild to me that we're coming up on a time for the PlayStation 5 to really be showing some great uh, some great first party exclusives. Destruction All-Stars just came out. Ratchet and Clank has its release date. Returnal is coming out this year. Horizon Forbidden West is coming out this year. Kena Bridge of the Spirits is coming out. Um, Xbox is planned sometimes after the release, but it is a exclusive for i think at least a year to two years on ps5 um ghostwire tokyo is an exclusive for playstation 5 um as well as gran turismo 7 uh and god of war ragnarok is coming out this year we also have death loop that is coming out and it's like a one to two year i think one year exclusive on ps5 um, and then we got Solar Ash and Stray. Those are limited time exclusives as well. But look at all those exclusive, that, that all those exclusive titles. That's like ten to twelve titles that are coming to PS5 uh, that are exclusive. And if you're a PS5 player, you should be excited. 
especially when it comes down to first-party titles. If you haven't played Destruction All-Stars, you're missing out. The game is free, um, and you should play it. It's a really, really fun game. Then, I mean, we got Gran Turismo 7, Ratchet & Clank, Returnal, for, uh, Hor Horizon, Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West, Ghostwire Tokyo, and God of War Ragnarok. Look at all those. That's a lot of games, okay? But to not to rift from what we were talking about. God, where is Bolts when I need him to stop me from saying horrible puns? Um, rift Apart just looks to be a very fun game. And I'm very excited that the release date has finally been announced. Now, when we're talking about PlayStation exclusives, the one game that will never be left out of the conversation is The Last of Us. The Last of Us is by far one of the best series, uh, not just that Naughty Dog has made, but in gaming history. It is a fun, emotional, wild, crazy, dark um, game that anyone should play. If you haven't played it yet and you got a PlayStation, where have you been? What have you been doing with your life? Last of Us Remastered is very cheap. Go buy it, play it. Last of Us 2 is a great game. Um, and the reason why I brought up The Last of Us is the unbelievably great news that Pedro Pastel, uh, Pascal has been announced to be playing Joel in The Last of Us HBO series. Wild. Wild. I mean, Pedro Pascal is such a great actor. Um, he, he is in, in my mindset, one of the most exciting actors in Hollywood right now. Um, he is honestly in my mindset, one of the best actors, um, on, on my top actor list. Not just because of The Mandalorian, but just think about the films he's been in. One of the films that I really loved him in was uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I thought he was so good in Kingsman. Uh, honestly, it, it was just unbelievable to me. Um, the way his acting and all this other stuff. Now, he's done other you know he's done video game work as well he was a voice actor in dishonored 2 um but you know he was in game of thrones he was in homeland uh, csi um he it's not even about going down the list of movies and tvs tv series that that he's been in it's more or less just talking about the the overall great acting that he has done. Um, people really shat on Wonder Woman 1984. They said it was too safe. They said that it wasn't um, it wasn't as as good as they expected it to be, and and all this other stuff. Uh, I can understand what they're what they're saying because the difference in direction compared to the first Wonder Woman movie. Um, but he played Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 1984. And 
he did such a good job. I feel that he pretty much stole the show in that movie. Um, and of course, you know, you have someone like Troy Baker that just goes over the moon for it. He posts on Twitter and says, this is the way full support, full stop. Can't wait to uh, wait for you to show me a side of Joel. I never knew Pedro. And then he put period hashtag, uh, T L O U the last of us. Um, but then also, um, you know, Bella Ramsey has been cast as Ellie in uh, Bella Ramsey has been cast as Ellie in the HBO series. Um, so Bella Ramsey, I have to say, <clears throat> this isn't anything against Bella Ramsey. She's 17 years old now. The first time I saw Bella Ramsey, of course, was in um, was in Game of Thrones. Now she is in his dark material. Uh, his dark materials. Um, she's in Resistance. She also plays the main, uh, plays the main character in Hilda, uh, which is an animated series um, on Netflix, um, which my wife and kids really love. Uh, but I can't say at first I was like, oh yeah, she's perfect for it. Um, but then whenever I started thinking about the character that she played in the character that she played in Game of Thrones it, it makes sense because she was uh, um, she was very brash and very to the point um, and didn't put up with no shit is the, the best way of saying it so I think that she is going to do a really good job. Bella Ramsey and uh, Mr. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I think, are going to do wonderful things for the HBO Last of Us series. And you can't not be excited for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, playing through The Last of Us 1 and 2, the DLC... Um, I remember playing through The Last of Us 1. My wife literally sat there the entirety of my playthrough session and just watched me play it. Um, and it's a cinematic experience. It's perfect for it. Um, and we really saw uh, uh, Pascal's acting abilities in The Mandalorian, of course. You know, he, he did, he's done such a good job as The Mandalorian. But... To see him tackle something like Joel, I think is going to be very interesting. It's going to have a lot of emotion. It's going to have pretty much everything that we have wanted from a Last of Us movie uh, with his acting. And I think Bella Ramsey and him are going to have a great dynamic on, on screen. So... Um, I, I'm very, very excited for that. So lastly, I want to kind of talk about this sympathetic aspect that PS5 scalpers are having. <clears throat> it's, it's, this shit is wild to me, bro. It, it's, it's hilarious as well. Um, but according to a recent story done by Forbes, 
Some scalpers feel the negative reputation they've gained is unjustified, believing that the public has largely misunderstood their intentions. Forbes interviewed the lab's co-founder, optimally known as Jordan. The lab is a private group that advertises users on, um, advises users on how to scalp products such as PS5s, also known as a cook group. On the bad reputation, Jordan commented that there's a lot of bad press on this incredibly valuable industry, and I do not feel that it is justified at all. Uh, all we're acting as is a middleman for limited quantity items. He goes on to say, no one ever seems to complain to the extent as they are currently um, doing towards our, ourselves uh, in, in other business ventures it's it's wild to me that he even stated this it says Jordan tells uh, Forbes that he secured a total of 25 PS5 units in January alone and was able to resell them uh, for $966 while the highest recommended retail price for the PS5 is about $621 Jordan believes that this is completely ethical and it doesn't uh, and it isn't dissimilar to how other business operations work. So let me state it in a, let me state it in the mindset that Jordan is trying to state it in. I understand what Mr. Jordan is stating that there are other business ventures out there and business uh, companies out there that that technically scalp products. When he's stating that, I think he's mainly talking about companies like StockX that get products and sell them or resell them uh, at a higher value than what they originally launched at. But in the perspective of StockX... Here's a perfect for instance. TJ gave me a pair of Nike SP Dunks. Um, I believe they're SP Dunks. Um, no, no, no. Maybe they're Nike Air Max. Um, either way, I don't know a lot about shoes. But I do know that whenever he first purchased those shoes, the total cost of those shoes, I think, was like 100 to 125 bucks. So, depending on the size and depending on the quality of the shoe is how you can resell these shoes. So, the shoes that he gave me now are not available in the size that he gave me in. Uh, him and me both wear the same size shoes, size 13. They're not available in size 13s. Um, and the going cost for this version of these Nikes is about 400 bucks. So as quantity becomes limited for certain shoes, the price does go up. And that always has been the case when it comes down to reselling shoes in the shoe market. I saw a video on TikTok the other day of a dude buying a pair of uh, Nike Air Maxes that were extremely limited for a total of $4,000 just for one pair of shoes. So that does happen. But Mr. Jordan... I think you're leaving out a very big aspect of reasoning of why this is such a different situation 
than the shoe market or the resale market. PS5s are extremely highly sought after. They just launched this past year, and we're in a global pandemic. More people are staying at home uh, than they have in the past 100 years. So when I hear you basically do a comparison of apples and apples, I don't understand your mindset on this. How do you feel that it is ethical to upsell a product by almost $300? You're, you're selling a product, as what's said here, that usually retails around $621 for $966. Bucks. You're making upwards to... 40% profit on this. Now, yes, that that is how reselling works. But when we cut down to brass taxes, Jordan, when we really cut down to what we are dealing with right now, you're talking about PlayStation 5s that are being scalped, that are being uh, bombarded by not just you, but multiple other users out there that are trying to just get a console, that are trying to just get something fun to play at the house in the midst of everything going on. Even last year, right when these consoles become available, it was taken advantage of. The consoles, like the PlayStation 5, are usually easily sold in stores. They're usually shipped out to GameStop or Amazon or, you know, Best Buy stores, uh, you know, Walmart, whatever. And I wouldn't say in droves, but I would say, you know, like, for instance, my local GameStop. If things were normal when this first came out, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if there was upwards to 25, 30 consoles available day one at that GameStop. But we're not in that situation. And for instance, GameStop and PlayStation and all these other companies that kind of worked together on that perspective and said, we're not going to make them available in the stores like they were last year. You need to buy them and basically a lottery. <laughs> so there is a difference, Mr. Jordan. The difference is there is extreme high demand for this. And you aren't just trying to sell a pair of shoes, bro. You're trying to sell one of the most highly sought after consoles of all time. Not even just the PlayStation 5, but this also concerns Xbox fans because they're somewhat dealing with the same exact situation. So it is aggravating to listen to you, as I said, compare apples to apples and try to say that you feel that it is unjustified for people to be pissed off that you're selling these consoles for $1,000 right at. When you add in shipping and everything, I would be surprised if it wouldn't be right at 1000 if not a little bit more. Um, so you're the one that needs to chill out, not consumers. Consumers don't need to chill out. Normal, everyday people don't need to chill out. You need to chill out. You need to stop trying to revert the spotlight off of you and state, well, they do it too. 
You know, I mean, someone steals something or someone just goes and beats the shit out of somebody and you follow it and you beat the shit out of them. But then you still try to say, oh, well, you know, these people do it. I only did it because it seemed like everything was okay when they did it. It's not, that's just not how it works, dude, at all. So that's kind of my soapbox for the end of the show. I do thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Thank you so much for all the love and support over the last couple of years. And make sure to check us out on Thursday afternoon, maybe Friday, for our next episode. Episode 320 of the Second Opinion Podcast. I love you guys very much. And uh, please make sure to check out CineLeaks.com for some of the latest and greatest geek news, movie news, and gaming news. Peace.